This is Journey Free Podcast, a sacred space with Unique Sarchet, a multi-dimensional one who loves to meet life experiences and conversation. She inspires others to embrace their differences and encourages them to love themselves for the uniqueness that they are. Listen for candid conversations on lifestyle, spirituality, wellness, sexuality, and inspiration. All are welcome to converse, engage, and share. So come catch this vibe because it's a blessing. Hey journeys, welcome back to another episode. How are y'all doing? I am so happy to be back recording an episode with you guys. I've been thinking about y'all for a minute now, but I just haven't had the space to really sit down and record. But today is the day, baby. How's my journeys? How y'all been? How y'all doing? I hope all is well in your world. If you are not feeling, you know, the best of the best. I hope that having a podcast episode from Unique Tarche blesses your day, okay? I always wish y'all much vitality and abundance in your life, and I hope that's what you are seeing in your reality. And if you're not, manifest that ish, okay? So for y'all who don't know, I have been on a journey of financial freedom and financial peace. And what that encompasses is really me just having accountability for my finances, but also ridding the shame that's in my life around the mistakes that I made with money. I'm going to be posting a video on my YouTube channel talking about my debt story, and I hope that y'all go and check it out. If you're not subscribed to my channel, it's at Unique Terche. You can find me on YouTube as well as social media there, and it'll give you some insight around how I got into a insurmountable amount of debt just kidding it's a big amount but nothing that we cannot overcome and nothing that I don't feel like is within my reach of being able to read out of my life for good I have recently got a new client Yes, what a blessing. I have a new client who I have been working with and coaching them through their personal finances, really just helping them get organized and get on track. We have been working together diligently through forms, worksheets, meetings, conversations, putting our numbers down, really assessing our behaviors and how it is that we are moving about with this energetic currency that is money. Along with that, I have done my own work. I have been doing this process since around 2018 and I definitely feel that now I'm in a position to be able to pour out my knowledge and what it is that I know unto others. If y'all are avid listeners of Journey Free Podcast, then you already know that I have delved into money a lot, work a lot, career a lot, hustling a lot because I'm a Taurus, baby. And that's what we rule. We rule the material world. If you don't know, now you know. 
we are definitely going to be diving into money talks so much more now because since I have been able to rid myself of feeling shame around money, I feel so much more comfortable talking about it. Money can tend to be a taboo subject. It's seen as tacky to talk about how much money you make, how much money you got in your bank account. And for me, I just don't see it that way. I feel like it's up to us to be open about these topics, share it amongst our friends, share it amongst our trusted loved ones. Because at the end of the day, I do feel like, especially for women, we have been taken advantage of in this area of life because nobody's talking about it. A lot of times we are not being paid our worth and until you start having these conversations with your co-workers people that's in your industry or even those who are in a position that you wish to be in ultimately in your trajectory of life how else is it that we would know and how much money could we leave on the table just not having the knowledge and the resources to be able to advocate for ourselves and advocate for what it is that we deserve really really and truly but also being able to expand our mind beyond the numbers that we think it is that we need make sure that y'all are one setting reasonable expectations for your experiences your work history your skills your talents what it is that you know how to do what it is that you can contribute but at the same time You also want to dream a little bigger. How far is it that you can go beyond the current situation that you have today? How far is it that you can go? I want y'all to really just meditate on that. Meditate on the possibilities of how far you can go. I was recently listening to a podcast called The Reset. I really, really like it a lot. Y'all check it out if you haven't heard it already. I'll leave it in the show notes. And one of the things that the host was encouraging us to do is to reframe our identity. She's a new mom. You know, she's stepping into a new area of her life. And I know a lot of us can relate to that where the person that she used to be no longer resonates with her anymore. I resonate with that too. The person I used to be don't resonate with me no more and I am having to reframe that who it is that I knew but also grieve who it is that I was while still being open to the possibilities of who it is that I'm becoming, who it is that I am today and being grateful for that because if it wasn't for the things that led up to this point, I wouldn't be me. It's important for us to really figure out what is our narrative statement. A narrative statement could look like this. I used to blank, but now I blank. That's a narrative statement. And with this, it really opens a portal for you to reframe the person that you used to be to who it is that you are now. I used to be jealous of people who parents created a life for them that was easy. But now I set myself up in a way that I can create a life for my children that is easy. I used to be jealous of people who parents gave them allowance money, but now I give myself allowance money. I used to 
think the grass was greener on the other side, but now I live on the other side. This is a really, really easy journaling activity that you can do. You can come up with however many statements that it is that you want, but it will start to unravel who it is that you are, the evolution of who it is that you become, but also teach you things about your mindset that no longer resonate with you anymore. And you can always return to this list when you feel like you are retracting back into old ways of being and see the banal eye of yourself and align with that through dedication, through discipline, but also becoming one with it and filling it through the fiber of your whole entire being. So I challenge y'all to make three statements that resonate with your narrative of who it is that you are today, and let that be your slogan. So this episode, I really wanted to, of course, talk about my life experiences through conversation because that's what we do, right? (laughs) But beyond that, I want to do some money shadow work with y'all. This is something that I plan to do with my client this upcoming week. We are projecting to look at her credit report printed out, look at her overall debt picture, order all her debts from smallest to largest, and see how it is that we can attack these debts and totally obliterate them out of her life, okay? A plan that I'm also doing for myself. I can say that I have probably obliterated at least 15 debts out of my life and I have a little less than 12 left to go. With this, I'm having to do a lot of shadow work around what it is that I believe about money, what it is that I believe about personal finance, what I believe about debt, and all these things. And let me tell you, what it was that I believed when I first started this process compared to how much it is I have learned, how much I have expanded my mind beyond the narratives that were fed to me about money is extraordinary and I just want to say I'm so 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 proud of myself but I have all of this bubble up inside of me y'all that I just cannot contain it anymore like I don't feel like I can be on this journey without sharing it with other people and giving them tools to help them to change their life around money. I'm going to definitely get into my backstory. I'm going to definitely get into my experiences, but I really want us to do some shadow work together. So if you can pull out a notebook, pen, paper, something to write with and fill into this activity with me and do whatever it is that sticks out to you that resonates with you. But through this episode, I kind of want us to really learn together more about ourselves, really, really assess what it is that we believe and attack those thoughts head on because 
we can be open about these things. We don't have to keep them inside. We don't have to hide this. We don't have to not be in the know around what's going on with our money, how we're spending it, how much we're making, who it is that we owe, what it is that we owe, when we owe it. Like there's so many people out here that cannot like tell you these things. And if somebody asks me today or tomorrow, I will be able to list out every single person I owe, how much I owe them, when it's due, what account it comes out of, like, to the T, but that's because I have done the practice that it took to be able to get there. But that's not how I always saw things. That's not how I always did it. I want to tell y'all a little bit about my origin story around money and finances. So once I came into a space where I had an awareness around money, I can start like understanding the concept of money and everything. I will say that some of my earliest memories around money was that it was just always there. Whenever I wanted something, it was available to me. There wasn't a time where I even had to ask. Stuff would just, it would just show up and it would already be there. And this is really, really important because this was an early mindset that I had around money that I lost somewhere along my path, which I am ultimately reframing back into because I feel like that is the true essence of how it is that we are to energetically understand the concept of money, right? I think it's really important for me to heal my family lineage around money. There are two major points around money that I learned from an early age that I think deeply impacts me as an adult and it has deeply impacted some of the decisions that I made in my early 20s around money. I want to talk about the scarcity that I experienced in my childhood, as well as my money fears. We are also going to unpack the idea that to have a successful life is having a husband with money, how previous generations couldn't own their own things, money, etc., especially as it relates to women. And lastly, I want to also talk about healing the family lineage, how I would be jealous of kids who grew up with parents with money, nice opportunities, and material things. So let's start. first started to experience scarcity as a child when I moved to a apartment complex that was based on my mom's income and in this setting we were on government assistance programs like WIC, food stamps, Medicaid, so on and so forth, right? And you know, to be able to qualify for these things, you had to be on a a certain percent of the poverty line to qualify. Same thing for our housing. You had to be within a certain range on the poverty line to be able to qualify. 
For y'all who are not tapped into my spirituality channel, I have a video on there talking about how your blessing is around the corner. But I want y'all to know just this year, I applied to some similar things. And I can definitely say that that is like a karmic cycle that I was in to think that the only way that I could have housing is if I apply for low income housing that I could not afford the market rate of housing. And I think that's contributed to how it was that I grew up as a child. Growing up in low-income housing, there would be a range of incomes within that specific community that would be able to qualify for living there. I would say that typically in the community, most people were on the lower end of income and it ultimately caused a lot of them to stay for years and years at a time. I eventually made friends with people who lived in public housing, which was a little different than where it was that I lived. And we ultimately grew up and would you believe that those people actually still live in the public housing today and if they don't live there their siblings live there close relatives their parents it's like a generational thing kind of how I was telling y'all that I grew up in low-income housing and as an adult I thought that I only could afford low-income housing even though that's just a mindset it's not true. I also felt scarcity as a child when sometimes I would get child support and then other times I wouldn't. Sometimes we would have a lot of food at home and then other times we wouldn't. Sometimes the lights would be on other times they wouldn't. Sometimes the water would be on other times they wouldn't and and so it started to create this scarcity in my mind around like livable resources, money, also being able to have like consistent utilities, food, and things like that. I always had shelter growing up as a child. I didn't experience homelessness until I was in my early 20s when I went to Atlanta. I experienced homelessness twice there. A lot of y'all who follow my YouTube channel probably only know about the one aspect of I went to school, didn't have housing when I got there, and I didn't have anywhere to go. So I was kind of like couch surfing and dorm surfing through friends until I was able to like rent out a room and have somewhere to stay. But even after that, I experienced homelessness where I actually chose to live in a car. And that was another aspect of homelessness that I experienced. But in my childhood, I always had shelter. I always had a home, even if the utilities and the food source was up and down. I would say that this created a lot of fear in me at a very young age around money and having money because I feel like there was times where we would have money for a weekend or a day and we wouldn't have money again for another month because my mama only got paid once. And when she started getting paid more frequently than that, we would literally have money for the weekend because that's as far as the money could go. And then we would have to wait and there would be no money. 
unless she borrowed it. And so it created a lot of money fears within me because I witnessed so much poverty, so much inconsistency around income, and also like seeing things not being able to take care of everything. It just really caused instability within my world that I had to later overcome growing up. One narrative that I really wanted to unpack with you guys is how the women or I should say some women, how some women in my family felt like your key to success would be to get married to a man who had a lot of money. And that will ultimately give you security and a stable life because your man made money. It sounds like so silly to me now and I'm not judging anybody who lives like that or who still has that mindset around relationship and connection but just through me living just through me having experience I have found that to not be true not only because I'm in a same sex same gender loving relationship (laughs) and so that narrative no longer applies to me I'm like othered in that sense, but also because I saw what came with that mindset, right? Oftentimes as women, when you don't have security for yourself and money for yourself, or you don't make an income for yourself, a lot of partners tend to be very controlling. Some of them can be narcissists. Some of them can be abusive and you wouldn't even know it until it hits you in your face, literally and figuratively. And so with that being said, I really had to witness a lot of fighting, arguing, and not really seeing relationships or couples on the same page around finances. I always witnessed one person made more than the other. And so that one person carried them pretty much or One person will be a business owner, so their income was inconsistent while the other person in the relationship would have, you know, a regular nine to five where they knew exactly what they was going to get every two weeks. You get what I'm saying? I also witnessed some of them become widows where they were able to get benefits from their husband's passing and they still live off of those benefits to this day. And those type of things were glorified, like in the sense that even though this man is dead, he still take care of me, right? And it's just like, but what did you have to go through in order to get that? What did you have to go through? in order to be in that position and could you have been so much further off if you got it on your own and don't get me wrong I really really am a avid avid supporter of marriage relationships being with a partner having a partnership having a helpmate I love that I love that I love that I love all the feels that it gives but at the same time I support that avidly in a healthy way, not a toxic way. I noticed so much toxicity amongst relationships and it really made me raise my eyebrow towards love relationships and how 
money is like one of the biggest and leading causes of divorce today. As we think back on where we've come through society, through history, keeping in mind the reality for so, so many women who could not own property, who could not go out and work, who could not sign up for a bank account without her husband's permission, this yields me to think why these certain narratives are so prevalent up to this day. It's 2023 at the time of me recording this, and these ideals are still prevalent amongst our people. For me, it's just one of those things where, girl, let's be real. I would love the privilege to be able to have somebody to essentially take care of me where I don't have to go to work or anything like that. But there is something so liberating about making your own money and having your own money. Let me tell you, and this could be from my experiences, what I told y'all around what I witnessed in many couples around this very topic. But you got to realize that like women, we just got into the workforce like heavy, heavy, less than a hundred years ago. So it's going to definitely take time to reframe these ideals, restructure these ideals around finances, having your own finances and not being codependent on your partner for your livelihood. But when you come from a environment where the system was set up in a way that you didn't even have permission. It was unlawful for you to even have these things. Of course, it would just be like, wow, we got to reprogram. We got to rewrite all of these ideas around how it is that we disperse the duties and tasks around the home. Uh, how much money is it that we're contributing if we have combined finances or separate finances? I did not want this episode to go by or come off as if I was judging the women who chose to live in a way that they look to their husbands for support. And I'm not saying that all husbands that are sole providers for their family is toxic or narcissist or controlling. There's healthy relationship out there. I know it is. But that's not something that I witnessed in my own lineage. That's why I wanted to come to y'all about how is it that we can heal our family lineage around money and finances. And for a lot of people who come from uh, spaces, especially where I'm from as an African-American woman, considering that like my people were enslaved for over 400 years in this country, we don't have the same head start as to counterparts who also work with us. And so I feel like there is a lot of trauma there is a lot of miseducation, undereducation, underprivileged uh, resources that's given to us or not given to us. And due to the very reason of things like working, 
many, many generations, many, many years, free labor and not being able to have that wealth within your own family. And so with that being said, that is another aspect of this conversation around how there's many layers to this, like, and it's so, so much to unpack. And I feel the weight of that in my own life, just having to learn all this stuff on my own, having to reprogram what it was that I was taught around money, the ideals that I was taught around money. And so if y'all can resonate with this and you also feel the same way, there is some family healing that you want to do around money. There is help and I want to be able to provide that to y'all. So pulling out the journal, pulling out the piece of paper that we got before, jot this down. This is a money shadow work activity, and these are the questions that I would like for y'all to ask yourself and reflect on, and this is going to be key to us healing our family lineage around our money beliefs and our money habits. What unconscious beliefs did your family teach you about money? What unconscious beliefs do you hold about money? How did you learn from your environment what was possible about money making and money spending? Working through this activity, I believe it will bring you guys so much clarity, so much healing, and I'm so, so, so excited for you guys for where this is going to lead you because I know that for me, it was very, very informative and transformative for my life. It helped me dig up some things that I didn't even know was still prevalent or present, but Making sure that when y'all do this, you're in a very like undivided space. You are in a space where you can be meditative about this and really just write from the heart. Dig deep within yourself and write everything down that comes to mind around these questions and seriously, seriously reflect on them. And once you have, I want you to forgive yourself. I want you to forgive yourself for the mistakes that you made. Forgive others for the mistakes that they inflicted upon you from not knowing themselves differently. You get what I'm saying? The way that we can heal our family lineage is starting with ourselves. It's up to us to be the example. It's not up to us to tell our family members how to do their money, what to do with their money. It's up to us to be good stewards over our own money and have agency over that while simultaneously creating boundaries around what it is that we are bringing in for ourselves, and not feeling guilty when it comes those times where somebody asks you for something and either you don't want to give it to them or you just honestly don't have it I challenge y'all to not overextend yourself In this season, trying to help other people when you know that there's room in your own situation that needs so, so much work. 
you will get there. You will get to the point where your cup will overflow and you'll be able to sow into others, sow into the overflow. But you want to make sure that you have your ish together first before you start pouring into other people. That's going to be so essential and so key because a lot of us can tend to allow our families to encourage us in a way that holds us back and I know you like how can you use encourage and hold back in the same sentence like yeah it can be very persuasive for them to hold you back some of them honestly just want you to be in the same position that they're in and some of them will literally ask you over and over drain you till your well is dry and once it's dry and you have nothing else left there'll be nowhere to be found there's somebody out there today that can really, really resonate with that. And I want y'all to go and tap into last week's episode about saying no. Saying no is going to really, really help you. You're going to feel bad about it. But the more you do it, it'll start becoming like muscle memory. It'll become so easy to do. I want y'all to make sure that you are ensuring that your security and stability is generated from within is generated from you first no more external seeking outside of other people for validation no more superficiality around what does such and such bring to the table oh god spare me spare me okay like I came into my current partnership with this idea that like oh my gosh I'm with this amazing person who is a world traveler who has a successful business and all of these wonderful things. They give me amazing gifts and amazing experiences and amazing trips. Oh, I made it. Girl, no, you didn't. That was from their own generosity, but they worked hard to get every single thing that it is that they had. How can you match that energy? That's why it's so important for us to be very, very conscious around the partners that we are choosing. So many times I have witnessed my homegirls pour into their boyfriends, like until their well ran dry. Like I said, same thing that applies to your family, it applies to these boyfriends and these girlfriends that's in your life. They literally poured out so much into them, so much into their dreams, so much into their livelihoods, so much into their day to day. Where it was just like, when it was all said and done, they put themselves in a negative because they sold so much into the next man. When the next man needed to do for himself. And that's why I want y'all to do for yourself. Because there's no reason to say yes so much to others that you're taken away from your emergency fund. You're taken away from your net worth. You're going into debt. Also, like, allowing somebody to emotionally put you in a place that's so low that you feel like you got to go out and like spend to feel validation around a heartbreak or something not working out in a way that you thought it was and feeling like you going to shop is going to help you feel better it's not it's a temporary satisfaction and that's why it's so important for us to heal all these traumas that we came up with growing up heal all the yuck and gunk of our past and really be able to overcome that and move forward
We are in a process of reframing our identity. We are reframing our mindset. We are reframing our perspective around not only money, but what it is that we believe about ourselves, what it is that we believe about our self-worth. I used to be so jealous of people that I grew up with who grew up in two-parent households, who parents gave them things like allowances, designer clothes. They always had money for snacks or anytime we went to the movies, they got to get all these snacks. Or if we went to skate, they was able to like get all these things or just always being able to go places and do things and traveling I used to be so, so jealous because I felt like, damn, if I had my dad, if my dad was in the picture and able to help my mom, I could have had all these things too. And I used to feel so much envy towards other people who had a lifestyle that I deemed as better than mine, you know, thinking that the grass was greener on the other side. I used to really, really envy them deeply to the point where I have been in relationships where I have been jealous of the person that I was in a relationship with because of their economic status, social status, or how their family dynamic is. You get what I'm saying? And it's just like, girl, do your work. Do the work. That's really, really bad. That's really, really sad. Do the work. I want y'all to know that it's all a process. You can be gentle with yourself, but also sometimes you got to really command better for your life. You can do that by simple, small, easy steps. Knowing simple things as to what's coming in, what's going out, what do I owe, who do I owe, and how much do I owe is major. Where is your money going? Where is your money flowing? Money is a currency. And as you start to assess these things, it will teach you a lot about you. The whole plan that I'm on, my personal finance journey to financial freedom, 80% of that is behavior. 20% of that is math. There's three things that you can do with money. Save it, spend it, or invest it. Make sure y'all taking some off the top for you. Invest in yourself. Make sure y'all have y'all four walls. Make sure y'all have a emergency fund. And make sure that y'all are aggressively getting yourself out of debt. Because as long as you're in debt, you will be a slave to the person that lent it to you. That's Bible. I'm going to get it for y'all. It's Proverbs 22 and 7. And you can read whatever version that most resonates with you. So for y'all who acts like unique, why don't you use credit? Why don't you use credit card? You need a credit score. You need a credit card to buy a house. You need a credit card to get a car loan. Um, no, you don't. You can buy a car with cash and you can use manual underwriting to buy a house. You don't need credit. Credit is a fictitious idea that was created so that businesses could get rich off of you and your interests. And if you are the type of person out there who pays your credit card off every month so you don't get interest, just know that there are people and families out there who are drowning in interest and debt. Those are the people that's paying these companies to continue to stay in business and get rich. 
those are the people who are giving you these rewards points that you love so much. If it's not your interest, it's somebody else's who is struggling, who doesn't have the same knowledge and education as you to be able to just use cash or to be able to just use the money that's in your account to pay for the things that you want. Because nine times out of 10, when you swipe a credit card, you're going to spend way more money than you would if you used your own money. Because of the simple fact that you feel like it's invisible money and that it really don't come out of your pockets. That includes Afterpay, Klarna, and Affirm, all that. If y'all like this topic, if this topic made you feel some type of way, just know that you still got work to do, okay? Because these type of conversations used to make me mad. And then I had to eliminate the shame that I felt around money. And that's how I was able to reinvent myself and reframe my identity and be able to speak so boldly about this. I hope y'all know that money is connected to your sacral chakra. That is where your confidence comes from. That is where your courage comes from and your sense of self-worth comes from. So if you don't have a great sense of self-worth, confidence or courage, your money probably look funny. And that's something that I had to come to terms with. And I hope that through this journey, through this process, that y'all have been able to learn something about my experiences, that y'all have been able to get enlightened about some of the decisions that you have made, but also that y'all have been able to heal yourself, which will ultimately heal your family tree. And that will be an impact that you can leave for generations to come. Okay, Journeys, thank y'all so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I had to record it in two days and two parts. So thank y'all so much for your patience and diligence and waiting until I got another one out. If y'all want to continue the conversation, you can actually leave comments on Spotify as well as checking us out on our social media at Journey Free Podcast. If y'all want to connect with me outside of the podcast on, you know, personally public levels, you can check me out on most platforms at Unique Terche, as well as my spirituality channel on YouTube, The Unique Journey. And I also have a lifestyle YouTube channel, Unique Terche. So that's at Journey Free Podcast, The Unique Journey, and Unique Terche. All of the info will be in the show notes down below. Y'all continue to meditate on Proverbs 22:7 and let that rain in your spirit. And I would love to talk to y'all about the things that we've reflected on as it related to our money shadow work. I'm wishing y'all a happy, healthy, safe, vibrant, and vital week ahead that y'all are living in y'all prosperity, your health, your wealth, and your abundance, baby. And until next time, I will keep y'all in my thoughts, hopes, and prayers. You have now been tuned in to Journey Free Podcast, where life experiences meet conversation. I am your host, Unique Terche, and I have blessed y'all with another episode.